Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Marin. Hi. Hey, I almost couldn't get through that intro just now. Of your name? I was laughing at my own, not even a joke. Yeah. I just said I was peanut buttery because I had peanut butter. Uh-huh. But then I was about to speak. <laughs> and, and you got all sticky. I, yeah, I got that peanut butter throat. I was like, mm-hmm. and almost started laughing. <laughs> Here we are. Um, I'm a little peanut buttery like all the time yeah i think don't um, you have a peanut problem i do but i fight through it like yeah, i'm not allergic but i love it so much and i shouldn't be eating it but i think i just have a sugar problem as we know as we all as do no what are you fangirling over this week i'm fangirling over something pretty good oh yeah like most weeks we haven't talked all i know week. all week i know so sunday night i went to this thing there's uh, i don't know if you've heard of the la municipal dance squad yeah i know someone on it do you yeah uh-huh like they're still a part of it or i have to double check it doesn't matter it. anyways they've been doing these guided dance parties Ooh. and i went to one with a friend and i had the best time and it's it's like a, a sleepover Ooh. it's it's just the right kind of cheesy yeah. and you just let go and like have fun with a bunch of random girls yeah so like so, this podcast. <laughs> so some of the some of the guided exercises or dances. First of all, we started lying on the ground in fetal position, listening to "Beautiful" by Christina Aguilera. Wow, just the, were people crying? Just like, to pump yourself up. Then, that could be a real triggering moment for yeah, a lot I know. of people. I feel like if it had been at the end, maybe oh, yeah. people would have been like, "Wow, this is a time." Uh huh. The second exercise was like a getting to know people. Okay. So it was junior high slow dancing. But with strangers. Oh, my God. Kind of like, your worst nightmare, but, see, like, fun. But it was fun because, like, no guys were there. Yeah. So they're not, like, trying to hit on you. So you're just, like, meeting people, and then you have to switch around. Very fun. Uh-huh. And then there was another one where you can only dance on your knees, or you were marching to Run the World Girls, or, oh like, boss bitch walking across the room like a CEO. Just, like, dumb, fun stuff. And then it ended with Romeo and Michelle time after time dance. <gasps> What? You were just supposed to feel your best Romeo and Michelle moment. All I want to do is, like, be the person down on the ground with my arm up in the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was so fun. It, I was feeling so, like, positive and confident, and then I got sick later. <laughs> Unrelated. Unrelated. But very fun. I want to go back again next month. Well, that just sounds like a time. Where was it? It was at a place in Echo Park that I've never been before, mm. and I couldn't tell you what it's called right, right now. East side of L.A. Very cool. Yes. Very, very cool. What about you? I am fangirling over something very uncool, but very me. Um, <laughs> I got my pantry professionally organized. Now, you might say, if you know me at all, you know that this is very much in my skill set to do. Like, yes. I can do this myself. I love it. I love the container store. I just don't have the time to do it. So a friend of a friend came over. She does this sort of professionally. I have so many clear, like, slide-out boxes of things. Last night, Eric went grocery shopping, and he came home and was just like, I don't, I'm going to mess it up. So you have to put everything away. Like every, like, every little thing have a place? Almost every little thing. The bottom, like, section of it could use a little bit of work. It could use a little bit more zhuzhing, mm-hmm. but I am fully capable of doing that. But yeah, like there's like Philly snacks are one place. Like our snacks are one place. Canned goods, like dry goods, like everything. I need to get one of those markers that I can 
like wash off so I can change them. But now she's going to come back and do another thing. And I've already sent her like four emails of like, can you pick up this? Can you pick up this? Can you pick up this? Because now I'm just living this organized life. Wow. Not even like how a Marie Kondo situation. How long do you think it's going to last with a toddler? Ooh, she's real into this uh, the Lazy Susan action that's happening in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's Love a danger Susan. zone because it's like all of our – hot sauces are spinning around in there and I'm just waiting for one of them to like go flying. Mm, Good question. So far it's held up for a week. I feel like that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And I feel much less stressed going into the pantry. And I feel like it'll be better for knowing what stuff is like expiring or needs to go because you don't have the like you have the same amount of room, but you're kind of trying to keep it all tight. Right. So it's like, oh, I don't I don't need to buy that thing or like, oh, we're actually out of that thing. I feel much more in tune with my pantry situation right now. Now I just want to do everything, but we live in a rental. I don't need to like be buying a bunch of stuff Yeah. for stuff that might that not always amazing. be the case. It was a dream. I It was sort of my like New Year's resolution and like gift to myself to be like, let's get this shit tight because we've been trying to move we can't it's so freaking expensive in the city and i'm just like all right i need to maximize the space that we have is there anything better than gifting yourself (gasps) no no good topic (laughs) and like it should we just have like a whole episode on that um it is you just feel great (laughs) and like it'll be for the dumbest stuff that i'll be like i need a little I need a little treat. Like a a face mask or whatever. Can I say something that's so stupid and funny? Yes. This isn't even treating myself because I had to buy flights for a wedding. Uh But every time I buy a flight, I'm always like, wow, I can just buy a flight somewhere? (laughs) Like Like you're an adult? As an adult, I have not grasped that I could just... I Go could anywhere. I could just fly to Japan if I wanted to. That's expensive, but I could just do it. You could just do it. You have a but I card? wait for 10 people to give me validation every time I purchase a flight. Like, <laughs> should I do this? Okay, I'm going to do this. All wait, right. I haven't done it yet, but should I get this one or this? I'm so bad should at I making decisions. Should I sit on the aisle or the window? Where am I going? What's yeah. happening? Um, speaking of, just really quickly, because I feel as if everyone is just like, I can't believe you guys haven't talked about this already. Um, we need to discuss the tragedy of Luke Perry Ugh. passing away. I don't really want to talk about it. I, I think we've decided we're going to do it. A tribute episode yes. after this we is have over. To. Because I was not okay. And you were not in the office. No. And I was just like shook. In a way I wasn't fully expecting. My heart started racing and I was very uncomfortable. And then my phone exploded. Like literally every one of my girlfriends was not only commiserating, but also checking on me, which I really <laughs> appreciated. Cause it was like people knew. I, I'm like I can't. I'm not over yeah. it. I'm kind of mad at my mom because when he had the stroke, she texted me, wow, I hope Luke Perry's okay. And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea. And then I was sick, and she said, wow, Luke Perry, RIP. I'm like, mom, stop telling me in this way. Stop breaking the news to me. But then you did start watching. Yeah, I spent the afternoon watching 90210 in bed. I just, bumming me out. Well, we will do it justice, but... It's kind of interesting to me because I think, you know, it's a very particular age set of women and men who were very disturbed by this. Not only because it's kind of this icon who was on television, one of your favorite shows for 10 years, such an iconic character. off and on. Off and on. But he was only 52. So you have a lot of people 
kind of coming to terms with their own mortality yeah. through this that are like, wait, what? And Well, you also have an entirely new generation loving him as a dad on Riverdale. Completely. And it's... It's very devastating. It's very upsetting. I've actually tried to not read a lot about it because I'm not ready. I accidentally read the Instagram post Jason Priestley made, and oh, no. I cried at my desk. So, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready for it. Hopefully, by the time we do our our standalone dedicated episode, I will be, be ready enough. Uh, yeah, because I'm honestly, and it, it, there have been a couple of occasions in my life where celebrity deaths have impacted me in a way I wasn't prepared for. Princess Diana being one of them. Heath Ledger? I was just going to say that. That was my next one where I was just like, I wasn't ready and I didn't really know why. Um, I think the shock on Heath Ledger is yes. why. Yeah. I I'm don't think we this. all knew he had any kind of substance issue. I don't know. It's, <sighs> yeah. Well, on that fun note. On that note, let's... Talk about fictional bands. Yeah, well, let's talk about okay. fictional bands. At least we're talking about the 90s. I was looking at my uh, Peach Pit After Dark keychain, and I was just like, man, are we, we're just bringing it all together here. So you were feeling very uncomfortable about this episode. You were like, I feel like we're incomplete. And then... And it's because we forgot very important bands, and I'm so mad at myself for even... Forget, I can't believe I forgot. I know, but we got there. I know we got In the there. end, no. we but got I'm never going to forgive myself. I'm going to have to go to therapy. We're going to have to have a step-by-step process so I can forgive myself for this one. For this and then work on your ability to choose a flight. Um, yeah. Okay. So first band, I was like, we have to do this first because I just got really excited to talk about it. Crucial Taunt from Wayne's World. This is my favorite band. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> Tia Career. Like, Cassandra was... I remember thinking that she was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen because I had never seen anyone that looked like her. That red dress? Oh, my God. But the earrings? Uh I think I've talked about this before. But when I was little, Wayne Campbell's my first crush, but I was like, I... I love that Wayne Campbell's your first crush. I truly believed I could grow up to be her. Like, I did not understand genetics. Yeah. I am not. No. If anything, I'm a motherfucking (laughs) Stacey. And it's very upsetting. <laughs> Love Stacy though. But so she does play bass. You, you play bass. Yeah, so, it's the closest I'll ever get. Right. So it's, you know, Cassandra Wong, George Foster is guitar, Anthony Fox drummer, and Mark Ferrari, also guitar. Now, we first meet them at the Gasworks. That's yes. where Wayne meets them. They can wail. They're not shitty like the shitty Beatles. <laughs> um, and so they're, I think, best song of the entire thing is Ballroom Blitz. Yes. This, uh, first of all, I'm getting ahead of myself. I listen to this in my car sometimes. I just listen to it Second. right now. It's such a freaking jam. Second, I heard it at a Halloween party a few years ago and lost my mind. Because it's amazing. Yeah. Who is that DJ? Marry me. <laughs> so for those that may not know, they cover uh, Sweet who was a glam rock band, um, their song Ballroom Blitz. And the Ballroom Blitz was actually inspired by an incident that happened to Sweet. Did not know this. Where the band uh, performing got a bunch of beer bottles thrown at them and got, like, pushed off the stage. So at the end of Ballroom Blitz, you actually hear bottles Mm -hmm. crashing. That's because that's what really happened. Um, They also cover Jimi Hendrix's Fire, Private Life's Touch Me. 
Um, um, there's that original song, Let's Not Forget, yes. Why You Want to Break My Heart. Exactly. And then they get a record deal at the end of the movie in, like, a very happy, fun situation. But then with their shitty manager in Wind's World 2, she goes solo. Mm-hmm. I don't, With Christopher Walken. Right, with Christopher Walken. But I can see and feel them playing Ballroom Blitz and just, yeah, that her red dress. Screams. Her scream. Oh, my God. I was just going to say that. So wonderful. And why don't we talk about this character more? She's perfect in these early 90s crop perfect. tops. Perfect. They're so good. Ugh. And I can just, the red one, because it has the arm bands on it, too. It's like a it's like a tube top, kind of, but then it's like the It's arm. like lingerie, but it has yeah. those gloves. <sighs> and then, like, a perfect white base. Perfect. Uh, who's, wait, who did the styling for we need this to look movie? It up. Because, genius. And they also nail the guys, because yes. they're just, like, kind of Aerosmith vest, no shirt, long yeah. hair. And the whole it's movie, like, you think of Rob Lowe and his kind of, like, big 90s suit. I don't know. Oh, man. What a time. Man. Crucial time. Great name for a band. Perfect front woman. Totally well. Love. Totally well. Totally well. All right. What's next? Hmm. Not necessarily. Maybe a little on this whale factor. <laughs> the Beats from Doug. So great. Yeah. <laughs> Weird transition. Has anyone ever gone from Crucial Taunt to The Beats in yes, life? absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So The Beats were kind of a reoccurring band yeah. on Doug. Uh, they have a few songs. Most popular, Killer Tofu, mm-hmm. I Need More Allowance. Shout your lungs out. Mm-hmm. All bops. Yeah. Um, this was kind of used as the rock stars and Doug was a fan. That was kind of the ongoing story yes. with the beats, mm-hmm. which I loved because there's a very special episode called Doug Rocks where Doug and Skeeter try to go to the concert and they don't go. So they go to the Honker Burger and then the band shows up mm-hmm. and they get to meet the band and they air guitar with them or whatever. And then the band gives them tour jackets and I remember as a kid thinking, like, this is it. This could happen to me. Doug was a fangirl. <laughs> yes. basically what you're saying. <laughs> Doug was a fangirl. Everyone was a fangirl yeah, of the, the Beats. Beats. So Monroe Yoder on bass. These are the fictional names. <laughs> Chap Lipman on guitar. Uh-huh. Flounder on drums. And Wendy Nesba, singer, g- keyboards, tuba. Oh, apparently. Yeah. They're all done by three people, Doug Prias, Fred Newman, and Becca Lish. And they're actually a parody. The name is a parody of the Beatles. Right. The idea of them is kind of like the Beatles, the Stones, the Who. But then musically, it's kind of more of the Ramones, and that's where yeah. Monroe comes from. Uh-huh. But their music is all short little rock songs, but have these earwigs in them. Everyone our age recognizes these songs. Completely. Yeah. I mean, even just, I feel like, Doug, in general, was an earwig. Like, the theme song, the the whole show was kind of an earwig. Yeah, they had some other songs like Think Big. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, fans of the band referred to themselves as beatniks. Yeah, I remember that, and I remember thinking, like, (laughs) that's funny. 
Yeah. I read an interview with the show creator about the beats in particular, and they really didn't give me much trivia. Oh, no. Basically that it was really fun and we had a good time. (laughs) But Killer Tofu was written by Alan Sillenberg, and it just made them laugh, and that's why they did it. It wasn't like subtext about healthy eating or anything like that. They just thought it was funny, and they said, roll with it. So they (laughs) did. Thanks, Nickelodeon. Thanks a gift. for that. Um, okay, I'm going to stick in animated bands, and I'm going to go Mystic Spiral from Daria. Obviously. When dead clouds can't cloud, we'll still be freaking friends. Freaking friends, freaking friends, till we come to bad ends, we're freaking friends. Right, so we've talked about Mystic Spiral a decent amount when we did our Daria series, but... It's worth mentioning, mm-hmm. again. So it's 1999. Uh, Mystic Spiral is the band fronted and led by Trent Lane, Jane's brother. Um, it's an alternative rock grunge band. Sometimes people call it post-alterna grunge or trance punk. Trance punk You're trying too hard here. Awful. <laughs> like, I was like, no, that's, I don't, I would never want to listen to that, but like, sure, why do we, <laughs> fine, okay. Most of their songs aim uh, on like, they're talking about like the tortured human condition. So it's led by Trent on vocals and guitar, Jesse Moreno, rhythm guitar, Max Tyler, drums, Nicholas Campbell, bass guitar. Some of their songs you you know you would know for sure, but like Behind My Eyelids, <laughs> Every Dog Has His Day, Freaking Friends. I feel like that was their big hit. Freaking Friends, <laughs> Icebox Woman, Ow My Face. <laughs> oh wait, that one. Yeah, That's Ow a My good Face. One. From the Futon, Mr. Normal, bunch of like amazing things. Now they often introduce themselves as We're Mystic Spiral, but we're thinking of changing the name, which I've kind of <laughs> forgot and loved. Um, and then some alternative names have included Helpful Corn, really great, and Something Something Explosion. That would be amazing. Who are you going to go see? Something Something Explosion. Um, so the, the sort of origin story of this is that Jesse and Trent meet at summer school, around the corner from summer school, and they discover this sort of shared mutual love for rock and roll, water pistols, and gum. <laughs> like Great. That's what they bond over. As we've discussed before, Jesse is a total babe. I was about to say. <laughs> total. He's that one. Total babe. Um, Trent's dad, like, gives them guitars. Then they sort of are trying to figure out, like, what their deal is, and then they meet a hitchhiker, um, who I believe is Nick, and then that's, like, how Mystic Spiral comes to be. Now, they, Mystic Spiral, had their own website in 1999. This sounds familiar. Yeah. You could book them. What? Join their fan club and see their lyrics. And so it's, like, you could actually go there. It's still, you can, like, find it in the weird archives of the internet if you try and look. Um, The things I would do in the archives of the internet. Right. And as we may or may not remember, this was almost a spinoff. Like, there's a pilot. I was reading an article about the pilot of Mystic Spiral. And apparently all of the characters kind of get tweaked. Like, they're not their normal selves. Like, Jesse, who's kind of just an idiot, now becomes like an idiot savant and is, like, very helpful in a lot of ways. How do you feel about the actual Daria reboot that might happen? No, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't care for it. I don't feel like we need it. No. Unless it's, like, the version where they go into the future. It's like, going to be um, Daria with Jody. Like, weird. those are going to be the main two characters. Strange. Um, great. But 
Mystic Spiral has like a very specific look, a very specific vibe. They're not great, but they always they keep getting gigs like all over Lawndale. Like they're playing at like dances and birthday parties and all this stuff. And Jane doesn't seem very into them. Um, she is like kind of embarrassed, I think. Uh, but they're an icon within the show. We they deserve they deserve our love. Yeah, that's it. What's That's next? a good one. Yeah. Uh, one I just want to touch on briefly because I'm not that familiar. Go ahead and get mad at me if you want. I don't care. But I think it kind of goes with Mystic Spiral. Sure. I'm going to do Citizen Dick from Singles. See, I like nothing. I've Zero seen this things. movie twice, maybe. Yeah. And I don't love it as much as I want to I every know. time I watch it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I want to love this 90s Cameron Crow movie so much. But yeah. Mm. But you don't. Almost Famous is better. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll talk about we'll that talk next about week. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. So this movie is about a group of 20-something friends, most of whom live in the same apartment complex, and they're searching for love and success in, like, the grunge era of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it's just super grungy, super 90s, and Matt Dillon's in it. Great. Great. He has long <laughs> hair, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can see it. The non-Matt Dillon members of Citizen Dick, because he's the front man, Eddie Vedder, Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam. So it's like Pearl Jam, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but also Chris Cornell of Soundgarden and Audio Slave saw a list of the song titles, like in you know pre-production or whatever, right. mm-hmm. and they're all completely made-up songs titles. But he actually pinned songs to match each title. Whoa! One of those songs, Seasons, is actually in the movie. Oh! So Chris Cornell, not a. Not in the fictional band, but, but just he like, contributed to this fictional world. It's like, hey, guys, this seems cool. How um, can I help? Yeah. Another song, Spoon Man, was later recorded by Soundgarden, and that became a hit in 1994 and can be heard in a rough version in the film when Unseen Person is posting Citizen Dick flyers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what I thought, actually thought was interesting about this whole thing is that the soundtrack was released prior to the movie. Oh, interesting. kind of, you know. Marketing vehicle. Yeah, built some hype because uh, Pearl Jam hadn't been doing anything in a while and they were attached to this mysterious soundtrack. uh Uh-huh. Then you find out it's a Cameron Crowe movie, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. It's a real monkey's gambit there where they, like, released their first single before the show came out. Yeah. Trickery. Trickery. (laughs) Trickery. So building hype. Yeah, that's really all I have for that. I just wanted to make sure we touched on it. Okay, fair, fair. I feel like maybe now we should just mention a couple of things that we're not going to talk about. At scale, because... Yeah, but kind of go in the same genre. Yes. Yeah. Like, we've talked about it a lot. I was thinking... I mean, we're not going to talk about Frozen Embryos, because we've talked about My So-Called Life. But Joan Catalano, so hot. So hot. There. And then Rayanne, when she's fronting, she's a mess, but she looks great. She did bad things. It's fine. Most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Maybe Tia Career. Right up there together. Wow, okay. Okay, we're not going to talk about Dingo's Ate My Baby. The reason we're not going to talk about it is because Natalie is not a Buffy the Vampire Slayer person. And that's fine. Don't, I mean, don't say I'm not a Buffy person. No, you, you just don't you have it. You don't know. So we can't we can't contribute on the level that we probably yes. should. Um, we've talked about the blowholes, which is like one episode of The Adventures of Pete and Pete, but still great. Yeah, because it has real musicians. Yeah. And then I really struggled with Mission Control from Freaks and Geeks because it's a 90s band, but it's so 70s. And so I, I was that just counts, like, though. you do? Should because we talk about I it? I think when we move to the 2000s, we're going to be doing more bands where the thing t- took place in the 2000s, but the band, fictional band in the story is in the past. Interesting. Maybe we'll talk about Mission Control then in next episode it. because it's like... 
I don't know. It w- I was going back and forth with like, do, and we've talked about Freaks and Geeks so much that I was like, all I right, know, it's well. like we should never mention it again. <laughs> we should never talk about it again. Okay, I am going to lighten it up a little with one of my beloved, my beloveds, go. Zach Attack mm. from Saved by the Bell. Now, we didn't discuss our constraints for this like series beforehand. No. Now, Zach Attack is from one episode the rockumentary episode. But I will argue that it's like, even though it's not recurring, it's such an iconic episode. It does of this really stick show. out for it, people who watch the show. Yes. And you have two super hot jams. Did we ever have a chance? Which is kind of like a slow ballad. And then Friends Forever. Which is the highest keyed song in <laughs> yes. the history of time. Impossible to sing. Impossible to sing. Um, now, this episode is narrated by Casey Kasem because the whole yes. thing is a dream sequence. This very much like Blossom did a like a yes. documentary episode yeah. where she's like a pop star or something. In Vogue, I think, during the time. Yes, in, in the 90s. Early 90s. Yeah, so they are a garage band and they get discovered by a guy named Brian Fate, as fate might have it. He's running by the garage and it's like, you guys are great. Like, you should have a record. And so they record. Did we ever have a chance? They get to be like a huge band. They get a manager named Mindy. She's the worst. She pushes Zach to go solo. And then he's kind of this like vanilla ice. Disaster. Hair, disaster. He's a mess. They're like kind of dating. It's a whole thing. The, they, the band breaks up. Slater becomes a race car driver. Lisa, she's on U.S. Gladiators. So she's she's lethal Lisa on mm-hmm. American Gladiators, essentially. Kelly is a soap opera actress. Screech marries a cheerleader, but is like a like a guru. I don't know. And they all get reunited because Slater has a car accident as his race car driver self. They all come back. Of course. They see each other. They, like, make amends. Then they have a reunion concert, and they play Friends Forever. Now, Jesse's not in this episode. Now, if you were a devotee of Saved by the Bell, the timelines of the show get a little weird because they graduate, then you get Tori, Jesse leaves, whatever. I thought this was just, like, Jesse had left, mm-hmm. but I read an article today that she had a very serious knee injury so right before the season, be so attack? she couldn't be in Zack Attack. And I was like, well, couldn't she be the drummer? Like, Slater's yeah. the drummer, but couldn't she have been the drummer? I don't know. The whole thing ends up being a dream sequence, but it is such an iconic episode of the show. It's crazy to me that it's only 22 minutes. Like, when I watch it, I'm like, wow, a lot happens in this short period of time, and you get some hot jams. It's a good one. I, for some reason, also forgot about California Dreams. Yeah. I don't want to mm-hmm. get too into it because the entire show is about this <laughs> yes. fictional band, but mm-hmm. yet they never went real mainstream. No. No songs went on the Billboard charts. No. It's just a beloved rival, maybe, yeah. to say by the bell. And it's one of the greatest lyrics in all of song history of surf dudes with yeah. attitude. It's true. <laughs> like, and that's the theme song. That's, that's the not theme. even... I, they do sing it in maybe the first episode. Yeah. But that's not what they're known for. That was my thing. I was like, is the theme song their best song? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. None of the other songs you remember. No. You, But you remember Surf Dudes with Attitude. I know they did a song per episode, yeah. but... Mm. Brother-sister band. You don't get a... Well, they were only brother-sister band for one or two seasons, and yeah. then the sister left. And then the brother left. Yeah, after Eventually. A while. Yeah, after a while. But everyone remembers Sly. That's yep. what we all remember. He wasn't even in the band. He was their manager. Yeah. But great, nonetheless. 
Okay. More, more kid bands, please, on television. Yeah. And I'm not talking Disney Channel because no, no, no. we have enough of those. Too bright, too loud, too colorful. We want, like, authentic. We want more blowholes, less, yes, I don't know what, what please. the kids are listening to. Okay, what's <laughs> what your... What are the kids listening to these No idea. Days? Baby Shark? I know that. Different, taking a turn. We are going to talk about CB4 from the movie CB4. See, I got nothing. Which came out in 1993. You've never heard of this? I got nothing. Wow. I know. Wow, nothing. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know what I was doing. This is basically like the hip hop spinal tap. Oh, well, in I'm, a way. I'm already in. Can I find it on? <laughs> well, I don't know why I don't know about it. Can I find it on Netflix? We'll um, watch at lunch. It's a rapumentary covering the rise to fame of MC Gusto, Stabmaster Arson, Love and Dead Mike. Dead Mike. Members of the rap group. CB4, which means Cell Block 4. Uh-huh. First of all, this movie is written by Chris Rock and Nelson George, but it was directed by Tamara Davis. And we need to have a timeout uh-huh. here and talk about Tamara Davis. Okay. Because she's a female director we are not talking about enough. Uh-huh. So she started her career doing a lot of cool music videos for Tone Lock, Depeche Mode, NWA, Sonic Youth. And she made her first film in 92 called Gun Crazy, which starred Drew Barrymore. And that, like, I think got her a Golden Globe nomination. Oh, okay. Then she started directing feature films featuring Billy Madison, CB4, Half-Baked, and Crossroads. Like the Britney Spears movie? (laughs) Yes, the Britney Spears movie. Okay, perfect. Written by Shonda Rhimes. I mean, I hate that I assumed this, but I would have never guessed that Billy Madison was directed by a woman. No, yeah. It's like very bro-y. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. But never would have guessed. So no. I was very surprised and I love it. She also married Mike D of the Beastie Boys. Oh, wow. And now she does a lot of TV directing. She's done some episodes of You're the Worst, the name- Alone Together, yeah. Star, Younger, an episode of Santa Clarita Diet. Everything I'm watching. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Is this just your watch that's list? fine. So, okay, I love her. Time yeah. in. Okay. I mean, I think we do love her because I'm watching... Most of those shows. So as you were mentioning, I was like, hmm, I recently watched a bunch of You're the Worst, and I was like, this seems familiar. Okay, back to CB4. Back to CB4. So overall, it's kind of a play on NWA. It's a parody. Yeah. It contains, like, short segments that have a lot of celebrities and musicians. Halle Berry's in it, Eazy-E, The Butthole Surfers, Ice-T, Ice Cube, Flavor Flav, and Shaq. The number of times we've mentioned butthole surfers on this podcast is higher than I would have ever thought. I used to sleep in a butthole surfers t-shirt as a child. Great. It was my dad's. Uh Um, (laughs) This was also the first significant appearance of Charlie Murphy. And a lot of the stories that he later tells on Chappelle's show kind of came from this era of Charlie Murphy's life. Okay. So very important note. Uh, The soundtrack with the hip-hop music of the movie was released in March of 93. Um, It peaked at number 41 on the Billboard 200 and 13 on the top R&B hip-hop albums. There are three songs that are on the album that are credited to the fictional CB4 group, but they're all kind of parody songs. They're not truly original, like the music of Straight Outta Low Cash is Straight Outta Compton. Mm -hmm. Um, They do like a Rapper's Delight parody, but my favorite is Swept From My Balls. It's a very classy song. Uh Uh, Really good. And they're like performing it live and they have these inflatable brown balls going through the crowd. (laughs) But amazing. (laughs) Really good. Uh, Really funny. It's kind of Chris Rock's, I don't know, maybe first big performance outside of SNL. Uh Because I mean, Wayne's World's kind of happening. Billy Madison's kind of happening. Chris Farley. Like this was 
Chris all, Rock's gateway. All the SNL was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the movie didn't really do that well. Oh. Despite the soundtrack doing okay. This was kind of after mainstream breakthrough of hip hop. And then also Chris Rock's from New York and he's doing a movie about the West Side oh, rappers. Yeah. And that was like a thing. That which yeah. was a very much a thing. It was a big thing. But at the same time, you have the approval of Easy and Ice Cube in this movie, so I don't understand why that would really be a factor. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, right. but I think it's kind of a cult classic. Yeah, I need to Pretty check funny. I need to check it out. It. Okay. I'm into it. Okay, I have one more weird transition here too. Jesse and the Rippers <laughs> from Full House. Now, Full House comes out. I'm always shocked. It's 1987. But Jesse and the Rippers, it's really more much more of a 90s thing. Yes. As you may recall, Jesse sings Forever. Who could forget? To Rebecca on their wedding day. Now he is accompanied by a full gospel choir. And yes. she is in the most 90s wedding dress and it's of all time. A music video? Right? Well, so that's or that comes later. Separate. That comes okay. That's separate. So he sings forever to her on their wedding day. He's at the piano. The like whole choir comes in. She's like sobbing. They harmonize at the end. No. She like joins in. And I was just like She can sing? Kinda. I mean that doesn't sure, matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I it doesn't love matter. it. He then later, they, like, do the full video that everyone knows and, like, the boys are in it and it's, like, the most, like, insane. There's a lot of, like, fire and, like, close-up shots of John Stamos. Like, it's everything you want. great and terrible all at the same time. But so Forever is actually a Beach Boys song and it was on their 1970 album Sunflower, which I did not know. And in the video, he Jesse is backed up by the Beach Boys. Like, they're in the video. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and Jesse and the Rippers would play at the Smash Club, which I was like, oh, my God, the Smash Club. Um, and this, so Forever, is beloved in Japan. It becomes, like, a number one single in wow. Japan. You may also recall that the entire premise for them going to Disney World is because Jesse and the yes. Rippers have, like, a show there or mm-hmm. multiple shows. They were probably playing the Flower and Garden or the Food Festival and Yes. Now... Really quick fun fact. I saw John Stamos play with the Beach Boys. My dream. I'm pretty confident it was 1988. I went through a long list of uh, performances at the Minnesota State Fair throughout Mm -hmm. the years. And the Beach Boys played there a lot. But I remember being like the only person who knew who this guy was. Really? So it had to have been early for It had to be early because then they play like 92, 93, whatever. And I was like, it must have been very early that he was playing with them. So I'm fairly confident it was the summer of 1988 at the Minnesota State Fair. John Stamos on drums because he's like a – he always plays drums. He's a percussionist and with the the Beach Boys. Now, we get a little bit of like a weird thing happening and all the Full House, Fuller House fans are a little confused. Okay. Because in 1994, Jesse gets kicked out of Jesse and the Rippers and replaced by Barry Williams. Wait, what? Greg Brady. Yeah. From the Brady Bunch. And they become Barry and the Rippers, which I'm like – Is that just the one episode? Terrible thing. Or was that the – 
for the duration of the show. I think so, because then Jesse starts a new band. But in, I think, season one finale of Fuller House, they're having a party, and the Rippers are there, and so they, like, must have reunited I'm or sure something. I'm sure they reconnected. Yeah, reunited. and then in, in 2013, they did a reunion show on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Mm, yeah. So you can find all of that. But I was just like, man, watching this Forever video is such a time. Such a time. <laughs> and it's so awful and so great at the same. Yeah. It, Do you ugh, it's wonderful. think John Stamos can sing? Unsure if he is singing. Oh, there's I a think lot of lip sync controversy. Know. I've always thought he was. Yeah, because it's not great. It's no. not the worst thing I've ever heard, but it's no. not good. All right. I feel like you have two more. I have two more, but I'm going to do my my big one so we can talk about the last one together. Okay. Aha. Aha. <laughs> You'll see why that's funny in a minute. <laughs> Finally, I get to talk about the wonders from that thing you You've do. literally been wanting to talk about the wonders since our first it's episode. It's not even wanting. I have been talking about yeah. the wonders since our first episode, mm-hmm. and that's fine. It's fine. The movie came out in 1996, written by Tom Hanks, also stars Tom Hanks. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Tom Hanks. Thank you, Tom Hanks. You know Rita Wilson was just like, you should do this. I mean, she's also in it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. So this movie tells the story of the rise and fall of a fictional 1960s one-hit wonder group called The Wonders. It's Guy Patterson, Lenny, TB Player, stands for The Bass Player, <laughs> and Jimmy. <laughs> Forgot about that. So the movie also has original music by Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Wow. He's an um, ass cap now. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam Schlesinger, Rick Elias, Scott Rognes. A lot of people. What? A lot of people um, writing some music. Yeah. Mike Piccarillo, Gary Gortzman, Goetzman? Hmm. Who knows? And Howard Shore. The bass player was Adam Schlesinger, and he's the bassist for Fountains of Wayne. What? What? Sure. And then Mike Viola of the Candy Butchers provided the lead vocals for wow. the song. Okay. Everyone knows this song, right? Yeah. It was an even if you don't know this movie, huge hit. you know this song. A hundred percent. So catchy. Yeah. The song was a hit uh-huh. in 1996. It peaked at number 41 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 22 on Adult Contemporary Charts, mm. number 18 on the Adult Top 40, and number 24 on the Top 40 Mainstream Charts. Adult Top 40 sounds gross. <laughs> like yes. it's just like ew. Like, it sounds like it's only like porn music. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It was God, I wish there was a top chance for that. <laughs> I, I would uh-huh. listen to that. The track was nominated for a Golden Globe that mm-hmm. year yeah. and the Academy Award for Best Original Song, but it lost to Evita, so I can't be mad because it was Madonna's best vocal work, and we all know she's not the greatest vocalist, right. so like, let's ha- let her have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, let her have it. I this remember moment. her performing it, too. Um, she performed that thing you do? Yeah. Uh-huh. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Crossover between <laughs> Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. <laughs> oh, I would have a heart attack. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, there are actually at least two real bands in the world named The Wonders, and one of them actually had a hit in the early 60s. Oh. Hmm. No, but as you know in the movie... They're, they were spelled the Wonders, yes. O-N-E. Yes. A lot of people thought it was the O-Neaters. <laughs> <laughs> real dumb. Yes, uh-huh. but real great. Uh-huh. 
Um, the title song is was actually released on a 45 record. Um, I still want it. It's, if you see one on eBay, hit me up. <laughs> Let and, Natalie know. <laughs> send her that link. Because I do want it. And it features Dance With Me Tonight as its B-side, which, as we know, Steve Zahn sings in the yeah. movie. But it's clearly not Steve Zahn's mm-hmm. voice. But yes. I still love it. We'll let it go. In the creation of this movie, they, you know, kind of like Joseph and the Pussycats, they had to go to a band camp, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mm-hmm. all learned how to play these songs. And a lot of people on set thought they were actually playing these songs oh. because they actually knew how to play them, even though it's like, we don't trust you enough uh-huh, to play to them. To actually do it. Yeah. So they were pretty good at it. And they did a promotional tour in Japan love. as The Wonders, basically. It was like Tom Hanks and The Wonders. Japan, like invented the pop-up you know they what i mean invented fangirls too yes I should move to japan oh yeah and they would think you're like the coolest because you're blonde <laughs> but they got to appear in these show at all these japanese talk shows in like full suits with their instruments amazing still lip-syncing the songs but come on but people i would have died freaking out. would have died uh-huh there's a ton of Beatles references in this movie I don't really want to get into because there's so many. Right. But what I think makes this movie like the ultimate fictional band movie is because it's created a world of other fictional bands. I think you have movies like Almost Famous where they're talking about Led Zeppelin. These are real bands we know. Right. These are all made up. So you get, when they go on tour, you get Diane Dane and Freddie Fredrickson and the Chantrelines, and then Guy Patterson's obsessed with the jazz legend Del Paxton. (laughs) So you get, on top of that, you get bonus. And then... You get a fictional band within a fictional band. Whoa. When the Wonders are blowing up and they're, like, going to L.A., they get to do a beach movie, Weekend at Party Pier. Amazing. And they get to be Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. (laughs) It's so meta. Yeah. It's so deep. It's like when you're watching TV and you're... The people on TV are watching TV, and you're like, oh, God, yes. I'm down a rabbit hole. It's like American Horror Story Roanoke. Uh-huh. You're just like, show within a show within show a within show. show. That's exactly what this is. And fun fact about Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, <laughs> Tom Hanks named that band after two seafood restaurants in South Carolina where Forrest Gump was filmed. Oh, well, that's fun. Fun fact for you. Huh. He actually wrote a lot of this movie during press for Forrest Gump. Because mm, so he had the time. He was writing a high. He was like... <laughs> I'm so creative. Blah. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> that thing you do. Like threw up this movie for me. Wow. You may or may not know the soundtrack was released on Playtone Records, mm-hmm. which is the record label in the movie, but is now a real record label. Wow. Yes. So he used this movie as a springboard to launch this label, and a lot of other soundtracks were released through this label, like Bring It On. So, Tom Hanks. You're welcome. We talked about it before. I'll say it again. American Treasure. Just giving us so much. The gifts. All the gifts. Yeah. So in 2017, you may remember me complaining about this. Three out of four of them reunited at the Roxy. Mm -hmm. So uh, they reunited on stage for like a comedy show or what is it? The Goddamn Comedy Jam is what it was called. And... They had a band and played That Thing You Do. Someone else sang. I did not know because I obviously I'm not going to comedy shows at the Roxy. No offense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, I will never get over it. I'll never that get over that it. I missed it. Yeah. It kills me. 
I mean, they weren't in full suits, but still. But nonetheless, you could have seen it. You yeah. could have been that Japanese fangirl right here in America. That's all I want. Because I've already seen Joseph and the Pussycats reunite. Now all I need is the wonders. Maybe they'll do it again. Or live my fictional band dreams. Yeah. Maybe, I mean... It could happen. Michael Sky? Yeah. Sky when was the last time you saw this movie? Ooh, it's been a while. I'm going to say at least 10 years. What, you? It's time. Yesterday? <laughs> did you watch it yesterday? No, but I have, did listen to the soundtrack two weeks ago, so it's pretty fresh. It's pretty fresh in the, in the, old, <laughs> in the, old, the old memory. Okay, so I feel like that is good, but you have one more that you want to talk about that I think is will be a good transition into yes, next week's Yes, it's going to be episode. a segue because it was filmed at the end of the 90s, technically came out February 2000. Okay. But we have a lot coming up for the 2000s, so I think we should talk about it today. And that is our fictional boy band, Together. So this is like a little insane to me because this is basically MTV making fun of itself. Yes. Like they created all of this that they're then making fun of. Genius. Great. I'm surprised. I remember being excited for this TV movie yeah. on MTV. They I did don't a know. good job of promoting it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember the promotion for it, but it mm. worked. It worked. It worked. I just remember that Kevin Farley's in it. Yes. And he's like 35 at the time. Well, he's the older brother <laughs> type. Yes. So you uh-huh. have like the heartthrob is Jerry. Mm-hmm. Chad is the shy one. Jason QT was the cute one. <laughs> Doug was the older brother. And Mickey was the bad boy who you also may remember from Never Been Kissed. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He's one of the high school students. Yep. Yeah. He's wearing like the bucket hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's the movie dumb. is essentially another mockumentary, but it's about creating a boy band much like in sync backstreet boys o town <laughs> yes o town <laughs> who i saw at the state fair yeah so we're seeing everyone at the state fair we're really hitting those state fairs hard <laughs> <laughs> the movie debuted in february of 2000 but it actually did really well and they ended up opening for britney spears that summer as together if someone was at this concert please send us an email and tell us every single thing you remember about it because I cannot believe that this actually happened and I need to know everything. Please continue. I know. <laughs> uh, you may remember some of their hit songs. It was like Calculus, You yeah. Plus Me Equals Us, Say It, Don't Spray It. <laughs> and then they eventually got the TV show spinoff, which were I think consisted of two seasons. And yeah. they had um, Hardest Part of Breaking Up, mm-hmm. which was actually on the TRL countdown. Yeah. I remember that music video very well. Uh-huh. It was legit. I remember that. I don't necessarily remember the video, but I remember the song, like, very well. Yeah. Do you remember, though, that QT was dying? Like, that was part of his character? Oh, yeah. So he actually died in 2001, which is partially why the show ended. He was sick, like, his entire life, and then they used it as part of the show. They changed what he had, obviously. Yeah. And... I don't think we knew that when the movie came out. I don't think Maybe so. Not. Um, there is a Together book I remember getting from the library years later. Great. And they do talk about it a little bit. But he did some of the episodes, like, with a portable oxygen tank because he was just getting, like, super sick. And he ended up dying of pneumonia oh in 2001. God. This feels exploitative. I don't know. I'm like, I, oh. I think it's kind of fun, though, that 
you're owning it. Yeah, at least you got to, like, do something. And it's, like, part of your character, and you got to do something super fun. You got Mm -hmm. to open for Britney Spears. Like, if you were always sick, you lived a life, a good life. But I wonder if the casting call was, like, looking for a ill person. I don't think so. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I bet that they changed it for him. Okay, let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) MTV had a conscience. They wouldn't actually cast someone who's ill. Mm-hmm. Unless that person's okay with it. All right. <laughs> We're just going to assume. Well, I don't like Martin's attitude right now. It's all good. I'm just thinking, like, let's let's just talk about the source. Um, it was really a time for boy bands. Yeah. I'm, I am more obsessed with boy bands now than I was as a child. Me too. I think they're absolutely fascinating. Me too. They're such a template. I'm so... And it's not new. Like, it's not no. a new template. Like... I love it. I but think there's it's something very special about a late '90s, early 2000s yes. boy band, just mm-hmm. because the fashion was crazy. Yeah. They're wearing shiny stuff. Mm-hmm. Their hair is all bleached and yeah. spiked. It's all bad, and it's all hilarious. But everyone love it. loved it. Like everyone was very into it, whether you wanted to admit it or not, you were very into it. And so I think it's genius that MTV was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna make fun of ourselves." In this sort of whole situation. And by doing that, you will like a boy band. You will like a boy band. Like, yeah. we, we were tricked. The, I, the main one, didn't he later host a show on HGTV? i pretty positive Maybe? Here. I, need I to don't look know up. his name. <laughs> I, need I to can look see up. his face. He kind of has like a Chris Evans-y's thing. Hmm. He was just like the, a pretty one. A pretty one? I don't know. We'll have to look it up. I'm not sure. I do love an HGTV, but I don't know what you're talking he about. He was probably the heartthrob. Cheerio. Looking at all the names. Cheerio. Okay. Evan Farmer. That sounds familiar. <laughs> we'll look it up. Okay. <laughs> we don't know right now. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else? I feel like we're missing a bunch. I'm sure we are. Last week we missed some stuff. Yeah. We got called out. Thank you. Thank you for calling us out. Um, yeah, Alvin, the chim, Alvin and the chipmunks one. We got mm-hmm. the chipettes. The chipettes. We missed it. We blew it. Um, so tell us what we missed this time, guys. There's definitely a lot. Yeah. But who knew that we would have more bands? Like the closer we got to, you know, to the future, to the present. I, I had no idea. I thought it was going to be slim pickings, but we the fascination wrong. has only grown. People like their fake bands. Yeah. They want to believe that they too can be a rock star. Yeah. Everyone wants to live the fantasy. I mean, I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to ever live it, but I'll live that fantasy. So send us an email at hellofangirls at gmail.com or find us on social. So until next week, bye. bye.